Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's the football podcast. So we've got Championship and Premier League football going on. We've got the reviews of last week's games and the preview of this week's games. Transfer news, it's all here. Before we get going, please do like, share, subscribe and comment. Drop any reviews you want to drop and uh, just generally share the podcast around. Right, here we go. Let's get started. This is CookieCast, football podcast. Recording in progress. Welcome, 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 one and all, to your weekly fix of the top two divisions of English football. So, we're not covering in full, just the teams we actively care about, and maybe at the end have a little bit of a laugh at Man United. But we'll get to that in uh, in, uh, in non-certain terms. Welcome along. Um, it is your football chat for the week. Uh, we'll open the chat with, uh, obviously, the transfer window still being open, so we'll do a little bit of business just before we get into the predictions and the, uh, the results from last week. Uh, so starting Middlesbrough's transfer business, there's been a one-in, one-out this week with the uh, the signing on a season-long loan of Alex Mowat, who's joined the club from West Bromwich Albion. Um, he went straight to the squad and played a little bit of the game against Sheffield United on the weekend and started the game against Stoke. Uh, so we'll come on to that in a moment. Uh, but there is one person who's left the club on a permanent basis. It is striker Uche Ikpiatsu, who was left on a permanent deal to join Turkish side Konyaspor, which ultimately means that given another transfer window, he will end up at Hull City. Yep. Um, apparently, it's been doing. There's no. There's no confirmation on the Borough website, but apparently the the deal is zero money up front. But Konyaspor have inserted a twenty percent sell-on clause. So Borough may recoup some money if they do get a fee for him in the future. Um, I don't know if I don't know if there's any ins or outs at Hull, so I'll let, I'll let Mr. Wilkinson do that in a minute. But I do know there are some Forest transfer news, Matt. If you were, if you've got that in front of you, if you want to go through that, or I can do it. If you want. Yeah. So he uh, so he signed in a flurry on Sunday evening because for whatever reason Forest need to do a big fancy reveal video for each player now which you just think just fucking announce a player it's dead simple <laughs> um, he's got to spend that Premier League money on the uh, media team oh honestly I mean it, the if you know the amount the, the, you know if the amount of effort if, if the amount of effort goes into the team as they put into their me, social media announcements goes for each team then pff, top of the league uh, so the first one announced was uh Live and in a video from Rock City, Nottingham, you know, music venue, very nice. Uh, was Emmanuel Dennis for 20 million from Watford, so Nigerian striker. Um, yeah, it's one of them ones where you think, okay, then he played for a club that went down last season, but then scored 10 goals, I think, and was involved in quite a few. Um, second one announced was Czech Kyate on a free. Uh, after he was well left uh, Palace, um, 
last one, Remo Fular, who also got the big licks in some kind of uh, orchestral kind of thing, because apparently his nickname is The Conductor, uh, for somewhere between, I've seen, 7 million to 11 million um, in terms of that. So two midfielders and a striker. Um, and then out, um, I think I, I've, I've mentioned this before, um, and then I've definitely mentioned it to you guys on the text. So Joe Lolly um, was told at the start of the season that he was surplus to requirements and sent to go and train with the under-23s, um, which I didn't like. I don't like that. I, I, I find it, if, if a player is, is is disruptive and not contributing anything worthwhile to the team, then, yeah, send them away to, to not to not be part of the first team but I thought it was a bit it lacked a bit of class doing that to him but he has a free transfer to Sydney um, I don't know if they've got a, 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 like an additional name but Sydney in the Australian Football League or whatever it is down there um, for free I presume from what I've read is that he had offers in the Championship but it was a pay-as-you-play deal. And if anyone's seen the past two or three seasons, uh, he's not going to get paid if he goes with a pay-as-you-play uh, kind of uh, deal. So I think he's probably gone with the guaranteed money in Australia for two a two-year contract. And hopefully, if it's, well, it is a lot warmer than here, so maybe the sun on his bones and his muscles might keep him a little bit fitter than what he's... What he's um, uh, what he's been, what he's managed to do with Forest. I think it's a shame he was the Forest player of the season a couple of seasons back. Um, some cracking goals, some like really, you know, really talented player. It's just kind of got away from him a little bit. Um, but yeah, he'll be put, put, um, hitting his wits against such, you know, Goliaths of the game like Jack Rodwell, uh, Adam Lafondre, and Nanny, who is apparently still. Rocking around in uh, in uh, Australian, I was gonna say Aussie football, but that's something completely different that none of those players would ever last five seconds in. Could you imagine Jack Rodwell in there in playing actual Aussie rules football? <laughs> if, if somebody said to you that you can stay here and train with the under twenty threes until your time runs out, or you can get paid to go to Australia, I think I know which one I'd take. So oh. blame him for it. There's an awful lot of Australia. There's an awful lot of stuff in Australia that can kill you. So I'll I'll, I'll stay here, thanks. There's an awful lot of stuff in Nottingham that could kill you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we need to swiftly move on. Um, so what Bill did say, he's just uh, he's just mentioned it there. But uh, we'll come to Mister Woodmansey. Any uh, any confirmed stuff at Hull? Are you ready? No. Let's move on. <laughs> Nothing for us. No, it's all still potential stuff that's up in the air. Um, potential that there may be three signings before the weekend. So watch this space is, uh, is the current line from the club. Fair enough. So we come on to last week's football predictions. Uh, there were five games in total. Uh, two league games apiece for Hull and Middlesbrough and just the one. Nottingham Forest, as they've you know gone on to a better place, where Monday, Tuesday, or Sunday, sorry, Saturday, Tuesday, and uh, Sunday, Wednesday football is no longer a thing. 
Um, so we started on Saturday in the East Riding, or Humberside, if you will, uh, with Hull City taking on Norwich City. Mr. Woodmansey, how did this one go down? Uh, much, much better than I expected, that's for sure. So, uh, final score was Hull City 2, Norwich City 1. Um, goals um, in the 43rd and 62nd minute from Oscar Estepinian. And um, then a consolation, I guess, for Nunes in the 72nd minute for Norwich. I, I'm assuming you guys might have seen the highlights possibly on the EFL um, catch-up, might have you? I mean, the Hull goals were pretty scrappy, um, but it's been a long time since we've had somebody that will poach a goal in the box, and seemingly uh, Big Oscar has, uh, has, has taken to that rather well, so hopefully we'll see a little bit more of him uh, doing doing more of that as the season was, goes on. Was it the first goal that the Norwich guys tried to clear it, and he's clattered it straight into his own man? Yeah, and the I just I just collected it and just took it away. Not only, I mean, not when it happens to your team, but generally, when it's when it's somebody else's team, you love to see it. In the fact of, I think it was possibly their right back went to clear it straight into the stones of their centre half because the guy was on the deck holding himself as uh, as Hull scored scored the first. Um, but yeah. It, you can have a look at the stats from the game. I think Norwich had something like seventy percent possession, so it was it was definitely heavily weighted in the, in their favour in in that regard. But um, you know we've been here before the the important bits, the uh, the ones that actually go in. So I, I'm well, just I thought we'd get absolutely spanked. So I will quite happily accept those three points with open arms. Absolutely. Um, I believe it was uh, an ex-Hull manager, Mr McCann, which said they can have the possession, I'll take the three points. Yeah. Thank you very much. And away we go. So, from a predictions perspective, uh, I had a 1-1 draw and both Stu and Matt had a 2-1 Norwich win. Only one man had the sense and sensibility and thoughtfulness to uh, to back one of the uh, the podcast teams and he doesn't even support them so well done Mr Andrew Cook with the 1-0 prediction uh, so a point there for Andy for the result, uh, from a goal scorer's perspective I was the only one who got a point on this as I was the only one to pick Estupinion uh, for Hull uh, and none of us had the New Day's goal for Norwich City so, that is one point for myself and one point for Andy. No points for Stuart or Matt. We move on to the Sunday games. And the first home Premier League game for 20... I've already, I've already lost count. 23 years? 20, 23 years. 23 years. You've lost count. Have you not been watching... Did you not watch Sky Sports News? At we, didn't, we didn't get back from our... I don't even know what we did. We did something, and we didn't get back in time early, early enough for, for me to catch like, the, the full build-up. Oh, you didn't. So you didn't need to. You didn't need to. The full build-up. I don't first Sky Sports <laughs> News <laughs> on Sky Sports News for like. Yeah. Did Did you see that stuff, Matt? That they were doing where it was like, here's a taxi driver in Nottingham, and he was just picking up random people that were like famous or slightly famous 
related to Nottingham. And it started off as being like X players. So you're thinking, okay, fair enough. And then it's like some random guy that was in Game of Thrones, which I've actually not seen. So, you know, shoot me now. Um, and it, it just, it seemingly like it got further and further away from the point they were trying to make for every passenger that he picked up. I thought I saw that. It was a bit weird. Like you know, so it was. I think it started with Ken Clark, the you know, the ex MP, and you kind of fair enough. Yeah, he was ex kind of Chancellor of the Exchequer and all that kind of thing, and you know, quite. Fit. And then it's Frank Clark. Obviously, you, you kind of think, all right, fine. And yeah, the the game obviously Game of Thrones guy. I, I haven't watched it either, so therefore I was just like, yeah, great. You know, you could have had anybody. You could have had. James Dean Bradfield, um, like Manic Street Preachers lead singer, could have had Stuart Broad, who is quite famously a Nottingham Forest fan. You know, um, what's his name? One of the one of the Doctor Who's, the tall guy, uh, Matt Smith. Matt yeah, yeah, he's one. I think the lead singer of Travis is a Forest fan as well. There were a lot of people to go through before you got to Hobbit, Game of Thrones. God knows what guy um, sat in a forest tracky top. I was like, no, who's this guy? And he just, he sat in the back of the car and then, because obviously I don't want to be like old man kind of sat there kind of thing. He started like twittering on about stuff. And I'm thinking, all right, this lad's not been through, you know, he's been through some stuff, but he's not through, been through anything really kind of thing. And oh yeah, you know, it was, it was a bit rubbish when this happened. You're like, no, no, mate. No, and yeah, it was it was the most pointless thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Enough, enough about the build-up. How did the actual game itself go? Um, I, so I, I think it was a pretty kind of dominant forest display uh, kind of thing. I think it was that. I think by the by, kind of what I've seen and kind of like listening to it, it sounds like the similar kind of thing as to last season where at home. It's the home atmosphere. It's kind of get the go out, attack really hard, and then obviously away games. It's a bit more kind of um, close shot kind of thing. Um, but yeah, lots of chances, lots of attacking. Um, um, so um, yeah, there are a few chances. Um, yeah, we, had, we kind of had a bit of discussion from so uh, West Ham scored first, but then it was chalked off uh, VAR. Because uh, Paul would say that it was a contentious decision. I would suggest that Mikel Antonio was uh, in trials for going on the O-line of an NFL team with the block that he put in on uh, Niakate, I think, or uh, Mangala. Um, Forrest then scored through new record... Well, he was still record signing at the time, no longer record signing, Um Iwani, um through, I mean, the, the build-up was lovely. The goal, however, was uh, was uh, lucky, shall we say? Um, and then Forrest had Forrest had a goal uh, chalked off of VAR, which uh, Brennan Johnson was offside. But that seemed to happen a lot through the game. It seemed to be yeah, Brennan Johnson offside. Um, Declan Rice also missed a penalty. Uh, towards the end and then there's been pictures afterwards where Jesse Lingard was pointing to Dean Henderson as to which way to dive for uh, Rice's penalty so yeah game game ends 1-0 to Forest with three points down 
nine to go to get to the magic 12. So, yeah. We joked at the start of the season that this the uh, this would be the countdown to 12 podcast. It's now the countdown, it's, well, it's three down, nine to go podcast. Um, but yes, uh, like I said there, slightly contentious game. Um, I didn't see an awful lot wrong in the in the body check, but you, I mean, you just said body check. I, I... Yeah, but as Graham Sooner said on Sunday, it, it's a man's game. <laughs> I mean, this was literally men playing a game, so his his statement was factually accurate. Um, yeah. Fair enough. There was there was excessive like force in it, so that. But what else is he supposed to do? He's a tank at the end of the day. If he runs at someone, they're gonna fall over like that. So. Well, you've got to do something to try and not run into the person. He full on. <laughs> it's into, not. There's it's no not, like. It's not Antonio's fault. He just he just happened to run into the space that was occupied by another human being. So. <laughs> But, but yes, the game finishes 1-0 with a one as the scorer. Um, Stu had a 2-1 West Ham win um, with Lingard to score the goal from uh, Forrest and Bowen and Antonio to score the goals for Forrest. Uh, sorry, for West Ham. So unfortunately, Stu ends up with no points from that game. Matt had gone for a 2-2 draw, um, but he did have a one to score. So there's a point there. He's, he's, he dragged the point back. Um, Andrew Cook, he, he's, he's on it this week. Two 0 Forest win. Um, so he gets a point for the for the uh, for the result. However, he did have Johnson and Taylor to score the goals. Um, so no points there for the goal scorers. I mean, we could we could play around with VAR disallowed goals, but then we're starting to get into sketchy, muddy territories. Um, I had Jesse Lingard to score in a one 0 Nottingham Forest win. So no points for the goal scorer, but two points for the correct score. Running total, therefore, we have my uh, Stuart on no points, Matthew on one point, Andy on two points, and myself on three points. We move to the northeast, and my beloved Middlesbrough taking on Sheffield United in a battle of uh, current and former clubs for the manager Chris Wilder. Um, this this uh, this did not start well at all. As uh, Middlesbrough were one 0 down within three minutes, as Sanderberg scored a goal, uh, which was probably quite avoidable. He was allowed to turn, and then uh, roll. I think it was potentially Anthony Dykes there. I can't I can't remember. It might it might have been Dale Fry, um, but then just passed the ball into the corner of the net. Not not good. Not great. Um, they did manage to get themselves back on level terms with a, uh, a Tuba Akpom strike uh, in the first half. Um, they, they then fell behind to what was possibly one of the worst goals I've ever seen scored by a Middlesbrough player um, as the ball was uh, sent to low across the old corridor of uncertainty uh, to which Ryan Giles was in the middle of the goal and uh, as he's a left footer tried his best to swing his right foot in to just clear it out of danger and uh, just, just just smashed it straight in, the, <laughs> straight in the back of the net. The keeper had no chance. 
Um, uh, and then to salvage, salvage a draw, Tuber Atcom pops up with about 10 minutes to go with a lovely bullet header at the back stick to salvage a point. And, um, yeah, very, uh, very entertaining game. The, the, the first, the first Borough equaliser was such a well-worked goal. I'd like the little sort of triangle of passes on the right-hand side. Um, Paddy McNair slipped the ball back into the corridor for uh, Isaiah Jones to run to and he just slipped it across and uh, Atcom stuck it away um, from a predictions perspective I had a 1-0 Middlesbrough win with Marcus Fors to get the goal no points there Stu had a 2-0 Sheffield United win with Norwood and Njai to score the goals no points there. Mr. Cook had a 2-0 Middlesbrough home win with Watmore and Crooks to score the goals. No points there. Matt Crooks actually missed the game with uh, with an illness. So no chance of getting a goal scorer there. However, Mr. Moore, 2-2 draw. That's two points right there. He had Crooks again Missed the game and fours to score. I think Marcus Fours had about four touches in the game total. Not his best game. He also had Norwood to score for Sheffield United. No points there. He did, however, have Berg to score a goal for Sheffield United. So he picks up another point. So three points just from that one game for Mr. Moore. Running tally for the week. Mr. Woodbancy still to get off the mark with zero points. We then have Mr. Cook on two points, myself on three points, Mr. Moore taking an early lead with four points. We move to the midweek games. We had Burnley taking on Hull City. Um, I'll refer back to you, Mr. Woodman. See how did this one go? I didn't see bits of this on Sky Sports News. Yeah, I um, was actually in the car at the time, so I had the uh, benefit of listening to the commentary. And it's sounded frantic for the first maybe 15 minutes or so. Um, they just remarked how the game had settled down and Burnley had kind of taken a grip on it. And um, then Hull scored. So, um, yeah, it, it came from a throw. Like it, the move was started off with a throw in, in our own half. Um, header flicked on uh, into the path of an, a charging two fan who then ran pretty much about almost half of the pitch and then tucked it away very neatly into the bottom his his bottom right hand corner it was a nice finish actually when I've seen it back um, kind of felt like that was maybe the game plan after the initial period of ping pong um, was just to maybe shut up shop and try and hit them on the break uh, and unfortunately from that point on it didn't really quite work uh, again, another game whereby City were outclassed in the statistics department, for sure. But they managed to keep themselves in front for about 10 minutes. And then uh, Jay Rodriguez scored an equaliser. Uh, but it did remain 1-1, keeping Hull unbeaten in the league. So I'll, quite, again, quite happily take that. And a point on the road against a relegated Premier League side. So, again, could be... Could be worse. Well, like you said, obviously they got the uh, they got the three points against another relegated side on Saturday. So you'd say four points from 
six when you arguably were probably thinking you were going to get zero mm. is uh, a bit of a bonus there. I was going to say the only kind of bad news is we're still waiting on a bit of injury news for um, Ali Asayad Manesh, depending on what just what he's done to his hamstring because it could could be a bit of a, a lengthy spell out that one if it's uh, deemed bad. Yeah, I did. I, I think we actually texted in the group and said that mm. somebody did look as if he pulled up in the second half and you could see that it was just straight away his leg went to his hamstring area and it looked great. Mm. Um, I think they took him straight off though, didn't they? So, mm-hmm. so yeah. he also to... managed to perform a, a, a classic bit of shit housery by uh, being off the. He kind of pulled his hamstring, a hand went straight to the hamstring, and he had kind of hobbled towards the advertising hoarding but then gently managed to hobble himself back onto the pitch and lie down on the pitch. So obviously, <laughs> waste a bit of time, make sure they got time to warm somebody up. I was like, classic. I mean, Clinton Morrison absolutely butchered his name on Sky Sport. Yeah. <laughs> he had like the soccer special on and he's like, yeah. That no. guy, that guy's <laughs> So, predictions-wise, um, Mr. Cook had a 1-0 home win with Esther Pignan to score the goal. It was just, it was just a couple of days too late. So no points there for Mr. Cook, sadly. Um, both myself and Stu had 2-0 Burnley wins. Um, so no goal scorers for Hull, no points there for us. Uh, and neither of us had Rodriguez to score the Burnley goal. Mr. Moore had a 2-1 Burnley home win. Um, sadly, he did have the aforementioned Syed Manesh to get the Hull goal. Um, and he had Barnes or Cullen down for the Burnley goal so again no points there for anybody so the points remain the same zero for Stu after four games still two points for Andy three for myself and four for Matt we roll in to the last game of the week and it is took place in Staffordshire where Stoke City took on Middlesbrough this is another game where Middlesbrough started like an absolute train so we, of course, know what happens. Stoke take the lead. Um, I believe it was Jacob Brown that scored the goal to get them 1-0 up. Uh, didn't, didn't really see the goal. I think it was a bit of a break. Borough on the attack and Stoke managed the overload. Bit of a question mark over whether uh, Isaiah Jones was fouled around the halfway line. But again, I've not seen it in full, so I can't really comment on it. Um, Dwight Gale broke down the left-hand side squared it into uh, Brown's path and he just stuck the ball away. So 1-0 to Stoke. The Middlesbrough equaliser came from Duncan Watmore. Um, I'm just trying to think how, how the equaliser came out. Um, I believe it was Isaiah Jones down the right-hand side who just uh, got to the byline, cut the ball back and uh, Watmore just managed to flash the ball just nicely over the on-rushing keeper to make sure the, uh, the ball ended up in the back of the net. Um, we then went into the second half where Middlesbrough took the lead, uh, which at the time looked like it was Watmore's second goal of the game, but it was later credited as a full Jagielka own goal. Again, lovely work, but I lovely work down the left-hand side, this time by Ryan Giles, uh, who sent the ball across. Uh, Watmore got the touch, but the last touch did, did indeed come off uh, Phil Jagielka for the own goal and a Middlesbrough 2-1 lead. We then ended the 93rd minute, 
And as always, Middlesbrough managed to shoot themselves in the foot by letting a guy who's about three foot tall get himself in the uh, in the box unmarked for a header. Dimaggio Wright Phillips. Now I think you'll uh, you might recognise that name um, from his uh, his famous father and grandfather. He is the son of Sean Wright Phillips and the grandson of Ian Wright. Uh, and uh, one of my Middlesbrough sporting friends did say, how on earth have we allowed three generations of the same family to score goals against us all in the space of the last 25 years? Which is absolutely true. But, um, you know, what can we say? Middlesbrough just love dynasties. I, I, I don't know. Take the positives. At least it wasn't the same game. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I love, I love Ian Wright. Great, great pundit. Just like he always comes across as a super nice guy. Had the spell at Forest, I believe. I don't know if you went to see any of the games that he would have played there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I saw him play at Port Vale. That was the that's the, the only time I saw him play. And he trolled Alan Sugar the other day by wearing a pink shirt on Match of the Day because Alan Sugar had made some kind of comment about people wearing pink shirts. That's twice. That's twice that he's done him in the space of the last two months. So go on again. Uh, yes, from a predictions perspective, uh, I had a 2-1 Middlesbrough win, so it was literally seconds away from a decent two-point haul. I had Lewis Baker scoring off uh, for Stew then, but no, for Stoke, going off for Stoke, uh, with Chubrapom and Matthew Hoppy to score the goals for Middlesbrough. Matthew Hoppy did not even get on the pitch, so there was no chance of that happening. Uh, Matt had a 2-1 Stoke win with Dwight Gale and Will Smallbone uh, scoring the goals for Stoke and Tube Bratpom scoring the goal for Borough. Oh, also forgot to mention that Tube Bratpom missed a game with an injury picked up against Sheffield United so there was no chance of him scoring the goal. Um, Mr Cook had a 2-0 Middlesbrough win with Akpom and Falls to score the goals so again, no points there. Sneaking in in the fifth game of the week to score his first point, Mr. Woodman C, 1-1 draw with Gale no and Hoppy to score the goals. No points for the goal scorers, does get a point for the correct result, which means for the week, the predictions are as follows. Mr. Woodman C manages to get himself off the mark with one solitary point from five games. Well done. Mr. Cook, two points from five games. Myself, Three points from five games. Taking the win this week, Mr Moore, four points from five games. Well done, sir. Big round of applause to you. Now, we've done quite a lot of games there. We've done the year, uh, we've done the predictions for the, uh, sorry, the roundup, the results from week three. Before we dive into week four, I'm feeling a little bit parched. I might have to just take a small refreshment break before we dive right in to week four. On the predictions, but don't touch that dial. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Recording in progress. That was good, well, wasn't it? Well, for those of you just on on the on the, uh, on the audio feed, you might have heard the dulcet tones of, I believe, Lee Hendry there. Uh, just giving us a breakdown of possibly, and then, and then he's come back again. Just for oh, he's he's back again. Old yeah. Lee, he's just he's just doing a running. He's obviously the fifth guest on this week's podcast. Trying to trying to get his appearance for you. <laughs> yes, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you're all uh, 
hydrated and refreshed as I currently am. So cheers to you all. Um, we've done the, we've done week three uh, week three's predictions. We've done week three scores. So that only leaves us with week four's predictions to go through, and then you can all have your time back. You can have uh, you can have your evenings to yourself. So we start in Stu's favourite place in the whole wide world, Merseyside. Yay! Where Everton will take on Nottingham Forest. I have gone for a 1-1 draw. I don't really know why I've picked this guy to score, because he hasn't started any games, potentially ever, for Everton. But I've gone for Rondon to score the goal for Everton, and our good friend, Brennan Johnson, to get the goal for Nottingham Forest. Mr Woodbansey, your thoughts, please? Same scoreline, different scorers. What, you mean you haven't picked uh, Salomon Rondon to uh, not get a goal when uh, Rafa Benitez is in the No, I have gone for Damari Gray for Everton, and... He's got to get off the mark at some point just to give it the old celebration. So, Jesse Lingard for Forrest. Don't do it. Don't do it. Matt did it last week. We don't need to see it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <sighs> don't, because he'll have you. He'll have, he'll have you on, like, gimmick infringement or something like that. <laughs> Mr. Cook. Um, I've gone very, very similar to you, Mr. Williams. Uh, just chalk off that Everton goal. So uh, one nil to Forest with Johnson to score. The uh, podcast bingo cards are being filled in left, right, and centre. Uh, go on, then, Mister Mister Nottingham Forest. Give us give us the uh, give us a lowdown of just how many Everton are going to score in this win. I'll just give you a quick side uh, the quick side note for the Jesse Lingard thing. The West Ham fans, in their infinite wisdom, brought fake money to throw at him. Um, when you think, I mean that in in its own sense, considering he apparently took less money than what they were prepared to pay for him. Um, <clears throat> on top of that, they then threw it at Nico Williams because apparently they don't recognise someone who played for them for sixteen games. Uh, so yeah. <clears throat> I've gone the same as Mr. Cook. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is this must really be a new year and a new man because he's not going for Forrest to get pummeled week in week out. I, I I mean I'll go for pum, I'll go for when Forrest Forrest is getting pummeled for teams who you know. So I think the next game's Tottenham. Also, it's, it's Tottenham at home. I think um, that might not that that'll be a bit of a pummeling. The week after that is, spoiler alert, Man City at the Etihad. So, uh, you know, get your abacus out ready for that one. Because <laughs> um, I don't think I could do a score big enough. Uh, yeah, I, I think... I think realistically you've got to... I, I, what I hope is that they've targeted games during the season that realistically you've got to win. So, yeah, you want to win most, if not, you want to turn your... your yeah, in, in the Premier League, you want to turn your home games into like your, your home stadium into a fortress. Blah, cliche, cliche, cliche. But then also, when you go away, you want to kind of pick games to win. And I would sincerely hope that Forest have got this game circled to win because that place is. It's not the most toxic place in the Premiership at the moment, but it's definitely been bubbling along for a long time. 
Um, and I think if if Forest can get get on them early, um, then I think realistically, hopefully, they could pick up a win a win there. So I've gone one nil Forest with Brennan Johnson scoring. He's a popular boy this week. Yeah, I think, you're absolutely, I think you're absolutely right there. It's the sort of thing where the longer they can keep the game at nil-nil, get the crowd on their back, it could turn the tide in Forest. Were you going to say something there, Stu? I was, I was just going to agree as well. When I was looking at the um, squad lists to pick out the scorers for Everton, it kind of struck me that they're not they haven't really got any great players. There's not really standout players. They've got some good players, but there's, that is exactly what I was thinking, what Matt said, in the sense of that has got to be one of the games. They've got EMR for points because you can guarantee, like as you've said, it's the Tottenham game coming up. So Otherwise, we'll now be known as Jed Spence's Tottenham debut. Because um, it's coming. It's absolutely coming. <sighs> yeah, you, you can't, it's it's a tough. It's going to be a tough division, and you don't want it to be them kind of like week after week after week of getting no points because that in itself breeds that kind of attitude as well, doesn't it? So fingers crossed they can kind of pick something up this weekend, and they've got experience of teams of that similar level. That because I mean Everton have just fallen off a cliff, haven't they, in the last sort of two or three seasons? Particularly, they they were up there thereabouts where West Ham are. Carl have been the last couple of years, and then they just seem to swap places. Well, it's like Carlo Ancelotti left, and then it just seemed to be like a house of cards kind of thing. It's just... mm. I was going to say the exact same thing. Him going, him leaving to take up the Real Madrid post, just just set an implosion in place, really, with that. Um, so that's our that's our top flight business done for another week. We drop down to the doldrums known as Berkshire. I would know I lived there for a few years. Is Reading taking on Middlesbrough? I'm sure in some positions this is the Paul Williams derby of some kind, but we'll, we'll just talk, go with that. Obviously, it's my team, so I'll give my prediction last. Uh, Mr. Cook, what have you got? Reading nil. Borough one. Falls to score. like it. I like it. Mr. Moore. I made this prediction before Reddin's result um, this, tonight, uh, but I'm going to stick with it. I've gone for a 3 0 Borough win. We may or may not hear a similar score very shortly. Scorers, please. Uh, I've, I've changed these. Uh, Fours, Jones and McNair. I've crossed out Akpom, Hoppe and Crooks. <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> Crooks. Crooks did hey, get on. He did get on the pitch tonight at the end of the game. So I think the idea is to bring him slowly but surely back into the squad in uh, an attempt to get him back to fitness. Uh, Mr Woodbansey? Um, I I just want to make sure Matt has uh, he was the person that filled up that cup and he knows full well what's in there. 3-0 are you like what? <laughs> 
Um, yeah, I too um, put this down before I saw Redden's annihilation of Blackburn in the midweek game. Uh, and they've gone for a 1-0 Middlesbrough win, much like Mr Cook. Uh, however, I've gone for McGree to score that goal. Interesting. One thing I didn't mention in the Stoke roundup was that McGree was playing in a slightly different position tonight. Um, and looked a completely different player from his first games of the, for his first hours of the season. Uh, he looked as if he was playing him just behind the front uh, the front striker. Um, and he yeah, looked like he absolutely bossed it. So I think I don't know if it's just a case of he's he's sort of been the, the unfortunate one who's been asked to sort of replicate the running that Tavernier used to do in that position and it's just not really his game. Um, but tonight he looked a much a much better player in a much more comfortable position. So um, I think more there's uh, there's definitely more to come from Mr. McGree. Um, I agree with Matt. I've gone for a three 0 away win. This again was taken before they annihilated the only team with a hundred percent record in the division. Um, I've gone for Force to get two and Akpom to get the other one. Obviously, I don't know if it's going to be a case that he's even going to be fit in time for the weekend, but if not, he might only come on at the end and he might get one towards the end, so we'll see. We take a trip to the West Midlands and uh, we uh, we see West Bromwich Albion taking on Hull City, otherwise known as the Brinton Woodmansey Derby, I believe. Um, I'll jump straight in here. I have gone for West Brom to get the win here. Um, a top six contender, really. I mean, Hull uh, potentially a top six contender themselves with how they've started the season. But I do think West Brom might just have a little bit too much for Hull. Um, so I've gone for a 2 0 West Brom win with Grant and Wallace to get the two goals. Uh, Mr. Mutt? I have gone for a 1 all draw. Interesting. Your goal scores, please. Grant for West Brom Albion. Yes. And Tufan for oh. Have they started chanting that yet when he scores? I think it'll be the Tom Eves fans that'll adopt that if they do. I haven't I haven't noticed it. Mr Cook. No surprises. The the Women's Basketball Association will not be scoring in this game, but Hull City will be putting one in the back of the net. Uh, I'm not sure of the status of uh, of old long man, but I need him to start banging in goals. But what is this, Stuart? What's what's all this? He's he's still he's he's still visiting that physio's bench. So I would uh, I'd maybe go for somebody else. Well, well, the other person that I picked for this game then decided to get a hamstring injury. So I was like, I have to put somebody down. You know, yeah, you, you, you can you, you can always get him out, Andy. You know, you know what to get out right now. The Tutters. For, for those not watching the uh, the, the YouTube feed, uh, do do yourselves a favour. Log on. Just uh, have a look at Andy's. Uh, just it, it was beautiful, beautiful to see. Um, I, I, as I was rudely talking over the situation, now, I believe I missed Andy's goal scorer. Well, 
Estupinian. Estupinian. Yeah, I was close. Go on then, sir. How is it going down? So, you know how I mentioned that we're unbeaten in the league so far? And you, you know how even after the midweek games this week, West Brom um, still haven't won a game. Still had a borough, yeah. And yeah. you also know that their manager is Steve Bruce. So. Oh, of course, old boy rule, but he can't so, score. Well, he can't score, but clearly I'm, West Brom are going to win 1-0 and I've got Grant to score the goal. I, I would have picked Livermore just for the double whammy, but I think that would just break my heart completely, so... No. Honestly, if he ever scores, I think the world might spontaneously combust because not only is he a horrifically bad footballer, he plays in a position where he should never score. So. He he went, and it's very well documented, he went through the roughest time in his entire life whilst he was playing for Hull and he, he never, ever let the club down once and they really looked after him through some really horrible dark stuff. So yeah. I, I will not. I will not have a bad word said against Jacob Lamar because he isn't a yeah. horrible footballer. I, um, I, I, abs- I absolutely agree with you, but he's a terrible footballer. I have never seen him have a good game. And how well, how Gareth Southgate consistently picked him to start in England's midfield is an absolute joke. I mean, so that's a yeah, topic of conversation was, for another time. England was a stretch, but he played very well when he played for Hull, and I was disappointed to see him go. But having seen him play for West Brom. Can understand why the whole line go. <laughs> Put it that way. But it was a good. It, it was good for us, and that's what Marston needs. Well, quite. Our last game of the week takes us on a trip to Cleethorpes. No, we're not going to Pleasure Island, which I'm pretty sure hasn't been open for about 25 years. That's what she said. Oh my. Uh, it is the last ma- the last man standing from our per- from our podcast perspective in the uh, Carabao Cup this season where Nottingham Forest join the party at the second round stage and we'll take on Grimsby Town. <clears throat> I'll jump in on this one. I have gone for a three one Nottingham Forest win with Maguire Drew to get the goal for Grimsby and then two goals from Surridge and the debut goal for Mr Emmanuel Dennis. Andy, what have you got on this? 2-0 to Forrest. Nil. 2. Goal scorers? Lingard. And I know I've rolled it out previously to uh, Luke Warren reception, but uh, Taylor. Can't believe I didn't pick Taylor for this one. Um, it, it's, got, it's, got his, it's got his name written all over it, hasn't it, to be honest with you. Uh, Stu? I hastily checked the subs bench and rated it accordingly because um, there will be changes, I'm pretty sure of it. So I've, I've gone 2-0 Forest and I too have gone Taylor and Mighton. Mighton, of course. Mighty Mighton. Go on then, Matt. Let us know what's going on then. I'm assuming you're going to this, clearly, so... It's so close. Um, <laughs> it's sold out, apparently, as well. It's sold out in an afternoon today. Probably, uh, probably just, probably just a five-hours round trip for you there, or something. I know. That, and to be fair, if, it, if Grimsby 
or Cleethorpes is that it's sneakily not that far away from Nottingham, so a lot of Forest fans will probably go. It's kind of sneaky close. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I've gone for a 2 0 Forest win. Like Stu said, I think there'll be a lot of changes. I hope there'll be a lot of changes. I've got the squad for it now. So. Grimsby's not the sort of place to go your first team either. Let's be fair. They're going to go and kick lumps out of folks. So I'd be, uh, they'll be taking it all to school, I would suggest. Um, so I've gone Surridge and Taylor to score. So, strangely enough, we've all gone for either Surridge or Taylor to score in our predictions. And we've all gone for Forrest to win by two clear goals. That, my friends, is the closing of the book, which brings an end to this week's festivities. I want to thank these gentlemen for joining me in discussing the, uh, the, world, the world of football. Um, I, have, I don't think I've left anything out. I don't think a, a women's team's won anything this week that I've just glossed over like an absolute dick. Um, obviously, like I said at the start, if we can't do anything else, we can always laugh at Man United. Two games played, six goals conceded, one scored, bottom of the Premier League. Their worst start in 100 years, I believe. I've I very much enjoyed the text from my uh, friend. So shout, shout out Chris Martin. Not that one. Um on Saturday night that said that said, Did you know that um technically Hull are only one place below Man United in the league tables now? I was like, I'll take I'll take that. <laughs> well how, how can that be? Because the Premier League's its own sort of separate entity, isn't it? In in the football rankings of all of England. I don't understand though. The Premier League is Well that clearly the Middlesbrough fan won't understand the top end of the rankings, but we'll we'll <laughs> Oh, it's a marathon, not a sprint, Chief. Let's 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 reassess this in like you know December time or something. Mate, next week next week will be five when we get absolutely <laughs> smashed at West Brom. <laughs> oh but yes, thank you once again, gents, for joining me, and uh, to all you listeners and watchers, and dare I say, hopefully subscribers. Um, we'll see you again in about seven days' time. Until then, you stay classy, planet Earth. So there you go, what do you think of that? Another one done, another week of games gone, another week of games to look forward to. Oh, season's well underway now. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Share around. If you've got a friend and they're into football, it might not be this football, but it might be football in general. Give them a shout, let them know about the podcast, see what they think, they might love it. You can also check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There, there's social media links and an email button. You can get in touch with us, let us know which team you support and what you think they're going to do this season. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.